Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello, this is episode number 105 of Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I am Russell Ivanovich, developer at Pocket Casts. And I am Florence Ion. Back for the central. second time. Back Yay! for the second time in a second week <laughs> in a row. Double header. Thank you guys if, for having me again. No, thanks for thanks for showing up. If you come if you come a third time, we're gonna have to like throw up hats onto the ice for oh, for the hat okay. trick. All right, all right. <laughs> I have to admit, I haven't been to many hockey games in my life, though, yeah. which is probably a tragedy uh, for you, Andy, because I believe you're a Midwesterner. Uh, no, I, I'm actually a New Englander, so I, I was a Blue. Oh, Bruins sorry fan about from, that. So, since I was a little taught, <laughs> but but uh, but I I, I agree. I'm, I'm probably I've probably played more hockey games than I've actually attended, uh, and I've probably heard more than I've actually watched. But I do know I do know the hat tricks. I do know that not in my league that there is the someone has actually in Detroit someone throws an octopus onto the ice because an, something has happened for an eighth time. So Wait, much do they so have octopi in the Great Lakes. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, I guess it, at some sort of game, somebody happened to have brought a raw octopus, not a live one, I hope, but would not have been alive for much longer if they, after two two hours in some hockey fan's parka, <laughs> and That's... because alcohol is served at these things, at some point, something happened to inspire him to throw an octopus onto the ice. So great was his delight at what he had just witnessed that nothing less than throwing uh, a cephalopod onto a frozen surface was going to express the joy he was feeling. And then a lot of people who saw that were similarly delighted and said the next, you know, I wish I had thought to bring an octopus. Uh, and now, now you've got me. Hang on, I now got to Google. Do, does it get stuck to the ice? That's what I want to know. With like, all those suction, you know, and it, the it, ice it, would, and the... it would be funnier if it was doing this sort of cart, like pinwheel sort of thing. Uh, then, if this were like a Pixar co- cartoon, it would start. To, it would try to like stand up, but then just like in Frozen, like the 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 the, the, ah. the, the elk. Uh, so the legend of the octopus on, via Wikipedia is a sports tradition during Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings home games playing off uh, playoffs involving dead octopuses thrown onto the rink. The origins of the activity. Oh, no, they're dead. That's ter- OK. That. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if that makes it the worse 1952 better. I haven't, I haven't quite decided the um, fact that it's dead. Yeah, sushi. Yeah. The, the, my problem yeah, is, look, as, as the token foreigner here, I already find you Americans weird. You're not you're not helping with the whole throwing of octopi like into a hockey ring. I mean, in football or a soccer, as you guys call it, if you score, Shoot. if you score, <laughs> soccer. I'm soccer. I'm a soccer dad. I drive an SUV. Sorry. Um, you you score a hat trick, which let's face it, in football is really hard. They don't normally score a lot of goals. You get to take home the match ball. That's all you get. You don't get like a fish. You don't get like a swordfish. You don't get a dolphin. You don't get a squid. You don't get an octopus. This is yeah. This is just strange. I'm sorry. It is. <laughs> we like to keep other countries on their toes. Yeah. And we've the less predictable we are, the more yeah. negotiating power we have at the UN. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> USA, USA. Anything, anything that makes it look. Uh, no, okay, okay. I was about to take a big veer into politics, and perhaps I should. I'm smart enough now to veer back onto the wait, road wait. before I, we go I've, there. I've, I've got, I've got a bone to pick with both of you now. Now that we're doing the whole like Australia versus America thing, um, last week I believe Flo. You were here. You were here. You told me all about the Bixby and the fancy Bixby. Andy was all Bixby, I did. Bixby, Bixby. I, yeah. I turned on the Bixby on my phone. Can we call it the Bixby? I don't know. But, I haven't, but you can call it whatever you want. It's okay. your personal digital assistant. Okay. My personal dis- <laughs> digital assistant has been getting very personal. The last few days, I reckon I've had a good 12 notifications from this thing. And some of them are just 
downright bizarre. It's, well, I'm trying to remember one of them. It's like, oh, we've noticed you go to bed about 11.35. I'm like, firstly, creepy, but probably accurate. Do you want to set to-dos before you go to bed? I'm like, what? To, what to- the last thing I want to do before <laughs> sleep is think. Yeah. And then I it's mean, like, that's what I'm trying to get out of doing. I did not understand. And then I dismissed that. I'm like, okay, weird, once off, whatever. The next morning it's like, hey, we noticed you wake up around like this time. Do you want to set to-dos when you wake up? I'm like, what is it with you and to-dos? Like, I don't want to set any to-dos. Hi. Hi, Russell. I was watching you while you sleep, and you seem to sleep pretty soundly. I, I thought you were going to wake up earlier, but now you're awake now. Would, would you like me to expect you to wake up at 7 o'clock and 3 minutes every single morning? I can do that. I can be here watching and waiting for you the moment you wake up and tell you things. Have, have either of you had this? Like, Does this happen on your phones as well, or is it just yeah, me? Yeah, personal digital assistant. <laughs> yeah. It's very personal. Very I, I've, personal. I've not gotten... I've not gotten that close in my relationship with Bixby yet. It's <laughs> well. I'm, I'm 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 relying on the fallback that well, it's still a brand new technology, and I don't think it would be fair for me to have a full review of it. So I'm just asking it questions and seeing what it says, and I'm not letting it watch me while I sleep, Russell. So the, the one the one I don't understand, Andy, and this one actually put me a bit bit off balance is last night. It's like before you go to bed, do you want to check your alarms? I'm like. Are you also controlling my alarms? Are you planning to turn some of them off? Like, are you changing the time? You know what? That's fair because I have an obsessive need to check my alarms at least three times before I go to bed every night, which now I've told everyone about my little OCD tendencies, but that's okay. (laughs) Safe space. Uh, So I would appreciate that. It's just doing that thought work for me but it, it almost makes yeah. it seem like it's not it's going to change the alarm or it's going to turn it off i'm like i because i'm one of those weird office people that comes to the office like same time every day i'm like i have the same alarm every day did you change it what is going on i don't understand it's it's very weird and i don't i know you can do the whole android um block notifications thing but i haven't been able to find a way inside bixby itself just to say please stop with some of these like it's a lot alarms ah. are weird though they are they are really hard like uh, historically it's like okay so now i've flipped a switch when there was a switch on the side of my phone to say please mute everything and the system will say i bet he didn't want to to mute that alarm and so right in the middle of a movie or an event an alarm goes off or um there's a uh, i i use my uh, my uh, my nexus 6p as an alarm clock every morning and normally, okay, yes, I am a freelancer, which means that I have to set an alarm so I'm awake by 8.30 in the morning, most mornings. Okay, fine. If I'm That makes me into a bum. I'm a bum. But on mornings where I have to go into town for a meeting, it will go off like when I'm on my train in the middle of a commute. And it's not terribly embarrassing, but that's, that's the sort of thing where if I were like a product manager for the clock app, I would think, is there – maybe I maybe I should get get my people on the project of – Notif- of designating something as a wake me up alarm and if the phone is clearly been in motion been played with then clearly i am definitely awake i'm not going to back to go back to sleep and i should not trigger this wake up alarm smart alarm a very smart alarm <laughs> well no no i did that's true <laughs> an I ha- intelligent alarm <laughs> I, I i have to share one last thing about bixby then we'll, i promise we'll stop talking yes. about bixby but I, I went to the interactive and customized services learn more page because I'm like, maybe this is the thing I need to turn off. I, yeah. I need to read you this first paragraph. I really do. Trust me. Samsung mobile devices are designed to be nimble, easy, and intelligently anticipate your needs and preferences. Just like with friendships, the more that you learn about a friend's interests, <laughs> tendencies, and inclinations, the better you can cater to your friend's individuality. I have an example. For example, if you know that your friend does not like chocolate, but you were to buy them a chocolate birthday cake, that would not make for a very good friend. This is literally what it says in this copy. <laughs> 
it's, it's nice to be condescended to by a device I spent a thousand dollars for. I don't. I think that sounds that sounds like a really nice friend. That just sounds so lovely. I mean, that's it sounds like something I'd say to my friend. I love you so much. I think about bringing you chocolate cake every day. But then I, I remember I wouldn't be a good friend because you don't like chocolate. That would not make for a very good friend. You know what? I actually have some friends who don't like chocolate, and and I do have to catch myself. Otherwise, I feel like a bad friend. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I relate to Bigsby. <laughs> Let's be uh, are friends. Are you tempted to just bring bring like a big bag of peanut M and M's like to the party? Oh, I oh oh, damn! That's so. Uh, now I'm gonna have to eat this whole two pound bag of M and M's. Oh dang! I'm so sorry. Uh, Is it the two pound bag silly, from silly, Costco? Silly, silly. Because I may or may not have that in my house right now. I have. Uh, I I made the mistake of I've got I've got these like really cool like flip top storage jars that I bought because I saw them on the British Baking Show and I really love them. Yeah, <laughs> and I so, know what you're talking so I, about. <laughs> exactly. So so I, I it has like an actual trade name that goes back. Uh, being British has to be 180 years old, uh, and I actually legitimately use them for like flour and sugar. But then I noticed that like one of them is exactly the right size for a one pound bag of of peanut M and M's, and twice, not once, but twice now, I have said, "Well, that's nice. I'll, it'll be like." It'll be very colorful and decorative, and you know, over the course of a month, if I want to just have as I'm leaving for leaving for for my bike ride, I'll take two or three, and they have never lasted more than thirty six yep. hours. Yep. Oftentimes, they don't make it to twenty four, and I whoa, and whoa, I did whoa. that twice. Like, that was just an aberration. <laughs> I'm, the fact that I, I inhaled an entire pound of peanut M and M's in one day. It's a trap. No, no, you no. Can't that was just, into the house. You can't oh, bring them into the house heavens. to begin one, with. One pound is like half a kilogram. I'm just doing the conversion here. That is a lot of M and M's. Remember what we were saying, Americans, we like to wow you. <laughs> so exactly. shock and awe, shock and awe. Well, we so uh, I, I I'm glad that we have a show doc today. We almost didn't because I don't think any Google app or service has made me so cheesed off as ah, yes. Google Docs did today for me. Because I started, I started the show doc. I think last night it was fine. As usual, I start by just copying the, the previous one and just changing the episode number, deleting the content. You know, and that's that, that's fine because it's, it's a template, works great. And so, go to the coffee shop this morning, open it up, type, 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 and then suddenly a couple paragraphs are in green, and there's like a whole bunch of like icons with my head on it in the gutter. Of it saying, hey, you, you just Andy added the sentence. The, the European Union has hit Google with a with with two point six billion dollars in fines. Like, yeah, I know that. I'm the one who typed it. I'm the only one editing this document. And so <laughs> somehow, change tracking had been turned on, which would have been uh, a bad enough development if I didn't know how it had been turned on. If not the fact that I could not, for the life of me, figure out how to turn this thing off. So and. You ever, get, you ever get one of these problems where you waste so much time on it because you figure that it must be the, – the, the, the bug or the problem gaslights you into thinking, no, I must be stupid because clearly there would be some sort of high-level menu or button that says turn off track changes, and I could not find it anywhere. And so finally in the middle of Starbucks – I, I I don't want to I don't want to over oversell this. It's not like I was about to throw something, but I closed the lid of my laptop <laughs> a bit more sharply than I am at, than I normally would have, and decided that okay, I'm going. I need to go back on my bike because I'm so frustrated. This is like twenty or thirty minutes trying to fix this and googling for answers and not being able to find it. Got home, 
still could not fix it. And I, I, I'm sorry that I did not get a response from Google. I, I tweeted out to the, you know, at Google Docs, like Google Docs, tell me how to turn this off and try to do it in the next 20 minutes. Cause at 4, 4 a.m. at 4 p.m. I'm pretty sure I'm going to set fire to this MacBook. And the, apparently they didn't care if I set fire to my MacBook because I didn't get a reply. Yeah, so I, I mean, I was your threat. <laughs> they're like, wow, uh, Andy, you're taking it to the next level. Don't set fire to a competing, a competing product. That would be terrible. I, I, well, he didn't terrible, say but, a Chromebook. Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's how they're trying to get people to switch, saying, well, we'll just make, make sure that our, our software is buggy, but it's not running on a Google-branded piece of hardware. So I wound up having to create a brand new document. Fortunately, fortunately it's not, I mean, we're not talking about 8,000 words of a novel. Novel here we're talking about just notes and links and like text that from an outline that i've already made but it's like i can't i'm creating a brand new document here because a feature a feature i can't turn it off i don't know how to do it i don't know whether the file has been corrupted maybe or whether they just decided that perhaps andy would like to see feature tracking maybe maybe i'm part of that uh, famously google does the uh, hit a secret like A B testing where they will like sort of push out a feature right. or change just to see how people react to it. And basically, if they maybe if they find out that okay, uh, user number four four zero eight eight four eight 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 four eight eight in the Boston suburbs, uh, we pushed that out, and then he was still interacting with the document, but he didn't add anything to the document. He closed it and reopened it a number of times. <laughs> And then turns out he's oh he was in the Chrome browser. We could see that he did Google for how do I turn off a whole bunch of different phrases. Maybe we should just rethink about deploying this. But yes, I was I've never been this annoyed and angry where it's like I had such a simple thing to do this morning. It could have been done by noon if there were not green blobs of hatefulness all over this document that I can't turn off. You know, this happened with me and Google Maps once, and I was driving. Oh, was there you go. <laughs> well, it was a Nexus 6P. It had, you know, I was on the uh, beta, the last, you know, Android N beta, and Maps was just slow, and it crashed. I was mid-direction, and it crashed, and I had no idea where I was going. And I was just so hysterical and angry about it. And so I did the smart thing. As I pulled off the side of the road, I had to pull off the side. I've never done this before. I had to pull off the side of the road. I took the first freeway exit I could, and I waited for the phone to reboot. I was doing the whole thing. It's just like breathing, like it's okay, it's fine. And thus is the, you know, the daily struggle with technology. <laughs> this is the problem with having Google so integrated in your life, right? Our entire show doc is in there. Yes. I, I could not navigate. Adelaide is a small city, right? A million people. It's it's built like a grid. It is really simple to navigate. I really don't think I can navigate anymore without Google Maps. Like I'd be completely and utterly lost. I sometimes exactly. can't even remember That's the other reason. where a shop is it, anymore. You, yeah, and I was I was in a city. I think <laughs> yeah, I was in the South Bay where I usually am not because I live very very high up in the North Bay, and so I was just like I have no idea where I am. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, that, that, it does remind you how scary it is that as, as good as Google Docs and any sort of like web hosted app are, like uh, if um, uh, my my uh, daily word processor is Scrivener, I love it, love it, love it. And yeah. uh, it's, it's for iOS and for macOS and they came up with the Windows version too. 
I love it, love it, love it. And if they came up with a new version in which they they removed a feature I really, really need, or they made a big change that was that's a really good change, but I am in the last three weeks before a book deadline, and I really can't, I don't have ten minutes to spare to so to, to remap my brain to how a keystroke works. I have the option of not installing it. Whereas if I were relying on Google Docs for everything, they decided, guess what? We finally updated Google Docs so it has complete material redesign. Said, yeah, but. I had I booked 20 minutes to do what I felt was going to be 10 minutes worth of work for something that's going to be due in an hour. And yeah. if I had the old Google Docs, that would not have been a problem. But now I don't know where anything is. <laughs> and it automatically decided to reformat this into a new template that has messed up my formatting. And now a whole bunch of people in a conference room are going to yell at me because the document that I told them was going to be ready is not going to be ready. Don't Can, can you tell me, can you warn me before you push an update to your software? That is really frustrating. I wonder if there are any people out there, maybe grad students or PhD candidates who are like working in Google Docs. And oh. just have, I wonder, <laughs> you know, it, it's dangerous, you know, living in the cloud <laughs> wow. with my 300 page thesis. <laughs> observe this beautiful huge castle i've spent three years building it's wonderful it's nearly finished like, yeah but uh why did you build it on top of sand oh it's the it's 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 good it's, it's level it's sand it's firm sand like yeah but it's still sand sand can move underneath you and then oh what's the worst that could happen the worst has happened oh i have something scary for you andy uh, uh- as a software developer and someone who's worked at a lot of big companies, I think the other problem is someone looks at your analytics, right? And they're like, Andy is so much more engaged since we rolled out this new version with the track changes. We're rolling this out to everybody. 200% increase in engagement. He's clicking everywhere. He spent longer in the document. He explored more features. It's just, it's a win, 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 win. Speaking of Google, Andy, uh, an unnamed Google employee wrote to me, um, I want to obscure his or her name. So I'm just going to call him or her Bixby from now on. So, Bixby wrote in and um, Bixby was complaining about that we, I believe on a previous show, we said that the Pixel was out of stock and it's been out of stock for a long time and this is a trend in every single Google product we've ever seen released. And Bixby just was trying to explain to me how hard inventory management uh, is and I want to be clear, we get that on this show. We, we know you can't wave a magic wand. We know that sometimes even having millions and millions of dollars doesn't solve you know, manufacturing problems and all that sort of thing. But I do want to point out that's not our job. If, if you're selling a phone and you want to get your phone into the hands of people, you have to make more of the phone somehow. And I get that's hard. That must be really hard. I'm super happy that's not my job. But at the end of the day, I, I, think, I think it's fine for us to complain about it. Like until Google brings out a device that's just in stock and you can just order it and you can go to whatever store and you can pick it up off the shelf and you can grab it. I mean, I I get this person's point. They were saying it's still available in some stores and not other stores and, you know, different levels of inventory around the country. And I I see that in Australia. You can walk into like one of our electronic stores here. You can pick up a Pixel and you can walk right out. And I know you can't do that in a lot of places in the US, but I still don't think that gives Google any sort of excuse. I think you just, the next time, you know, Pixel 2 or whatever comes out, you've got to make more of these things somehow, you know, smart people, fix it. And they're not, I guess, I mean, is it because they didn't order enough or is it because they're not manufacturing at scale? Like, I wonder, you know, maybe they really didn't order enough. They thought maybe this is going to sell just as as few as the Nexus devices did. And maybe because of the Verizon thing, it really did help. I don't know. You know, it would really help is if we actually had some sales numbers. (laughs) That would really help. Yes, that would really help. And unit counts. (laughs) Please. there must be such a such a <laughs> such a flip flop of emotions when they realize that oh so now they're, they're a big lead story is that 
uh, they have checked on the Google Play Store that there have been fewer that they've just only recently been more than a million downloads of the Pixel Launcher, indicating that there can't possibly be more than X million of these phones out in the world. And boy, that, that's but that makes us look like losers. Like, yeah, but we're if we gave them the real numbers, would we look less like losers or more like losers? Or should we just let let the world spin on its axis the way that's going right now? And yeah, inventory, inventory is, a, is a big problem, and Apple too has their problem with that. It's been, uh, it's it, just getting AirPods has been. They've got people so running around that they're like, "Oh my God, I'm so lucky! I got to spend 170 dollars on earbuds. I am so fortunate. God has blessed me this day." It's like, no, you you've paid 170 dollars for a luxury consumer, a really good pair of headphones, but it's like you're not really lucky to have done this. I feel and like also, Apple can get away with that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, and, and also, and also, also, like when when Apple has shortages on like the new iPhone, they are shipping seventy to eighty million in the in the launch quarter. So exactly, <laughs> it, yeah. And... How, how much tungsten is there in the world to support to make the circuitry of an iPhone? I'm guessing oh not quite enough. I think they're. Doing I don't want to think about money. that because then I'll start <laughs> thinking about Earth, and I don't want to think about Earth because then I'll get sad. That's pretty. It's, once, you, once, you, once you get in here, it's the first hundred years that are really tough. But once you get into five hundred under your belt, it doesn't really uh, scare you as much as it used to. So uh, you you realize that the chaos is part of the system built in that uh, people come and go. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, I'll, I'll I'll I actually Russell, I wanted I wanted to get your take on this, or at least your initial read on this. Um, I, uh, I've been sort of thinking over the past couple of months that I should probably write myself an Android app, just like I've written a few iOS apps, not because I'm going to do anything commercially with it or because I'm a particularly gifted programmer, but because you learn, it's, it's, you learn stuff as you go. I've never written an Android app. So I thought, okay, I'll, 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 I should, I should definitely do that. Uh, and also, uh, Laura Martin, uh, writing on medium did a, a piece she called a, a year of Android where she went kind of from being, uh, I think she was a. I don't know if she was QA or user interface designer, but she was not a developer, and she decided this time for me to get certified and learn how to do this stuff. And now she's actually working as a programmer. And she gave she she gave her path, and she started off with uh, Udacity, uh, Android Development for Beginners course online by Google apparently, and it's free. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to it. Uh, and coincidentally, not a week after, I bookmarked that and said, "Okay, maybe that's okay." So I'll, I'll sign up for that, and I'll see what's like to go through that courseware. Uh, why do these all start with the letter U? Udemy. U D E M Y. I'm not you, even You, like try. university, right? Like you, university. It, needs, it, needs a, it would be so metal if you had an umlaut. It's Udemy, man. Oh, yeah. Like on, 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 this, on the top of like a, of a drum head. Like, we are Udemy. Kawani's Lodge 401. So they have something called the Complete Android and Developer Course uh, that is actually. Ten dollars until the end of this week. They say it's normally two hundred dollars. I have not. I have not checked what? out this course before that. Yeah. See, that's that's where I start. It's like it's like when you see like a, a, a an anchor power supply uh, on sale at at, at Amazon oh, yeah. for twenty eight dollars. Was like normally a hundred dollars. I'm like, okay, look, like, it's a great so charger. I love anchor stuff, but show me an invoice from one time that one person has paid a hundred dollars for this. The only time you see it is heavily discounted on Amazon and then on sale for twenty one bucks. So I don't know if it's actually they actually sell it for two hundred bucks, but there are like apparently like uh, thousands of ratings for it so it's not like they just threw it up and it's like okay i got 10 bucks i get and actually they take paypal so paypal is for me it's not like 
play money, but it's like it's money that I feel like I almost didn't earn. So I use it for like impulse buys and comics and stuff like that. So now I have these two different learning courses lined up, both of which assume that you've never programmed before. I've, I have lots of programming experience, but I have next to no Java experience. So I thought that would be a good place to jump on. Like, is that do course? Do you know people who got started with courseware or do you know people who really decided to go through a more ecumenical <laughs> survey of information for Android developers? I, th I think the, the good thing about development, and then this is, let's have a real moment, Andy, real talk with Andy Russell and Flo, um, is that you don't really need a university degree. I can't believe I'm saying this because I have a university degree. They, they are useful for getting jobs. People like to see a bit of paper that says Russell has been educated. All that really means is Russell can remember a whole bunch of stuff that Russell can regurgitate in an exam. And when Russell <laughs> turns up to his workplace on day one, he's not going to know a thing about a thing. And the, the thing I look for when we're looking for software developers and stuff and I don't care if they've got degrees, if they've got some kind of experience, if they can show me sample projects, that's good. And you look at the the history of where all these people start. Some of them go to university and they learn that way. They they build some things at a company and that's how they learn to program. Other people, they might be doing a commerce degree and they're like, I want to try this programming thing. So they program on the side for a while. They maybe release an app to the store or they make some open source project or they just build and, and tinker with stuff and that's how they learn to program. And I mean, I've met kids as young as 13 who've just like taught themselves to program like using online courses. There's a, there's a girl in, oh, in, in, I want to say Melbourne. I've met her and her mum, like amazing people. She started programming at age 11, I believe. And she was like at, you know, WWDC at age 13 and being called that out. That was me with the internet. That was me there with HTML. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Starting at like 11, 12 years old. Yeah, and she'd never been formally educated in programming. I guess there are no courses for like 11-year-olds at school and things. So she had to go out on the internet and just look at, you know, the various websites yep. and look at just tutorials. Look at source code yeah. and, and the work thing backwards. Is, the, the thing is for anyone out there who wants to learn, the, the problem is the first time you look at it and it doesn't really matter how smart you are, it's going to look intimidating. It's like whether you're incredibly intelligent or at the other end of the spectrum, doesn't actually matter. Like programming isn't hard. It's just like learning a foreign language. Like you look at it and you're like, I don't understand any of this. And I always say that the first struggle as a programmer, let's say you're doing HTML or you're doing some kind of Java or Kotlin or something, is just trying to get it to compile and work. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> put some semicolon in the wrong place and something's not working. And you could spend hours on that and that's fine. That's how, that's how you kind of learn at programming. And I find the, the first kind of adulation, not adulation, the excitement, I guess, that you get from like making something work, no matter how simple it is, is like, Ooh, and that's kind of what got me hooked on programming, I guess, just that whole like, ooh, thing. Like I did something. I didn't know whether I could do it or not, and eventually I did. I like that um, this Medium post, um, uh, one of the apps that she built was a weather app. That's actually coincidentally the first thing we built here as well when we were learning how to code iOS. We had no idea. Our first app was literally a JPEG. Uh, it was two pages long. You scroll the JPEG, and we just overlaid labels on top of the jpeg and that if that sounds simple to you that's because that's not how you make apps that's that's the worst way possible to make it but it worked we put it in the store it went to number one in the store people people don't care how your app's built like that i reckon andy you just have to start somewhere you find something that kind of hooks you in that 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 you find you learn best from whether it's an online course or some kind of study or just like download some source code and and mess with it like whatever whatever kind of gives you that feedback loop just just go that way yeah, I'm, I'm not terribly intimidated, but I was very, very much cheered by conversations with all kinds of different developers who said that when, <laughs> that the that they have a, they have 
basically like eight to 12 developers in their shop. And they said, I'm not lying to you. Our three most valuable coders are people who, if they have a problem, they just go to Stack Overflow. They find the code, they cut it, and they paste it, and the thing works. Because all we care about is that the thing works and that they're not they're not stealing code that they don't have or have a right to. It's all commented, stuff like that. When I realized that, oh, I can I can copy and I can learn how to paste. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah. So, so I'm going, my first app is going to be something that I can't find online. It seems something very, very simple. No, it's not a flashlight or a fart app. It's just that I, I, I think that there should be something really, really simple. Uh, what I, all I want to do is I want to check to see when is the next train to Boston? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see the entire MBTA map. I don't want to hear about alerts and overages. I want to see that, gee, it's 9 o'clock, 9.10, and I kind of think that I might want to – do I have time to make it to, to the, to the commuter rail station? When's the next train to Boston from here? And then when I'm in Boston, it will say, oh, he's in Boston. I bet he doesn't want to know the next train to Boston. I bet he wants to know the next train to his home commuter rail station. And I'll, if I go for broke, it will be it will become a widget that I can just simply put on the desktop so that I can just simply light up my phone – and say, oh, actually, the next train is is only thirty eight minutes away. I have plenty of time. Why don't I go to Boston then? Yes, that's all I want. Andy, you've you're really inspiring me right now. By the way, this like entire conversation is very much inspiring me because I too would like to just make my <laughs> own Bard app so I could just see the few things that I want, and right. I just want it to ping me when I'm when I'm five miles away. I want it to let me know like the next train when it's leaving, so I know if I have time to run from the car or not. <laughs> I feel like I. I, I feel like I, we should follow up on this in in the, the I know, next few I feel shows. Like like, hey. summer pro- I don't know summer <laughs> projects. I don't know. I mean, because I have we'll to tell go, you. Yeah, okay, we'll, I just got to quickly tell you the story. Sorry, Andy. Is the very first app I ever built for mobile, and I had had. Uh, I'm trying to think. Six or seven years of programming experience at this stage. So I wasn't like a new programmer. I've been programming for a long time. The first app that I built took me a month. And I don't want to, you know, intimidate you with the impressiveness of this app, but it, it was a soundboard. So you, you pressed on the elephant and the elephant made <laughs> elephant noises. You pressed on the cow and the cow made like cow noises. It was, yeah, I, I look back at it now, I'm like, that's so embarrassing, but you have to, you have to start somewhere. And I've got to tell you, building this app was insanely fun. Like at the time, I didn't even think of how embarrassing it was for like a seasoned developer to be making like a soundboard app. I'm like, this is really fun. Like I've never done this kind of thing right. before. Like it just... I don't know. I got a real kick out of it. And I got to tell you, back in the App Store days, this was 2008, I made $2,000 from that app. A lot of people bought my sample. Yep. <laughs> Those days are sadly over, though. Sorry, you two. Yeah, it's it's great. The, the, the last really huge like programming project I did was uh, an entire CMS system for a website. And it started off as, again, the early days of HTML. Where I learned HTML, that's fine, and so I started up a started up a blog before there was such a thing as a blog. And then I realized that oh, I'm spending it's, it's such spending so much time like just FTPing the same file to the same URL. I'll just like go to the command line. I'll write like a script to, to like an eight line script. And then after a few weeks of enjoying that, it was you know I bet it wouldn't be that difficult to write another script that would process raw text and edit them and basically create the markup and put the header in the footer. And then that was added to it. And then fast, every time I needed a feature, I I would add it on until you're right. You start off with just the simple thing, which is how do I, how do I control FTP from the command line via a script? And then you're up to, okay, so here's how I'm going to implement being able to post from the, from my phone. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to create an email. (laughs) And it's just, and it's like, and it's like, I don't know how long it was. It was like, uh, I think print, I printed it out once and put it in a binder. So I would have like hard copy of it once. I think it was something like 20 or 30 pages of, of code. 
but also, but you know, being done once at a time. And so that's that really is part. It was a ball. I was almost sad when I finally switched to WordPress, like years after WordPress was really working well. Because I'm like, but I, it's it has it's it's like a child where it's like I know he's a little he or she is not quite not not the most skilled thing in the world, but he or she is mine and I love it and I've nurtured it and I'm sending it out <laughs> into the world. And then I decided that my child would never be able to like have a comment system or. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, exactly. So if, if you're thinking, if you're think, if you're like me, are thinking about like writing your first Android app, it really is like that. If just if you if if. If all it is is I've got a picture of my dog and I want an app that will simply choose between 12 pictures of my dog and show me one of them, then you'll you'll be surprised at what it is four years from now because then you'll say, wouldn't it be great if like I could like it would I will trace my finger on the screen and the dog is my dog is now following my finger and then and then you're leaving the door saying, hey Fido, uh, keep turn off the lights and get the car heater started. I'm going to be leaving in seven minutes. Woof! All right, I'm starting up the car for you, and we'll turn off the lights. Don't forget to bring your hat. It looks like it's going to be very cold today. Woof! <laughs> I, I got to tell you that is that is one of the most invigorating things about programming is that this rush of power that goes to your head when you feel like you can control stuff, like you can make the screen on your phone do stuff. That's like step one, and then you're like, I can reach out from there. Like I can do stuff on the web, and I can reach into other services, and I can do that. And then one day you hook it up to like a piece of electronics, and you're like, I can control the lights. I am a programming <laughs> god. Light goes on, light goes off. It is. It is a very cool thing to learn. So yeah, anyone out there that's interested, and definitely you too as well. Like you should, you should get into it. Like pick whatever kind of takes your fancy and get started there. The only thing I'd say is, if you're going to get all like philosophical about what language should I learn for Android programming, like Java is good, but Kotlin is the hot new thing. So if you want to learn the hot new yeah. thing, like try some Kotlin. That, that's that's where it started. After after reading more about Kotlin, it was something that I had heard friends of mine talk about really with great excitement, like about a year ago. Same. And I yeah. Yeah, and I sort of looked at it, and I recognized it's. I I seem to have, as a programmer, I seem to have skipped completely over C and Objective C and C plus plus because that was my roadblock as a developer. That's when I switched to like scripting languages because it made no sense, and that implementation of object oriented programming just didn't seem natural to me or as efficient as what I could code using not that. Uh, but now that then then I got back into it with. Uh, uh, with like a uh, uh, <laughs> with like PHP and and Python and a little bit of JavaScript and all these other higher level languages and now it seems as though after sitting on the bench for about eight years high level languages said oh Andy you were right we were wrong this was horrible we hated we hate we hate ourselves for putting ourselves through that we have actually created new programming languages that remove everything you personally hate about it now please come back to programming that's why we that's why we get, we developed kotlin to bring you back into the programming fold ah kotlin for all and i will say andy at some point and flow when you finish these projects that you i feel like an app doesn't exist until it's on the web am i right I, I'm right. I'm right, but you know it's just so complicated to create a website. I mean, I, I, we were all like coding HTML, but who can, who has the timed or the design skills to create a modern-looking site here in 2017? I ask you. It's exactly, because you should be learning the Kotlin and the Android development, and you should leave the HTML to other people. So, 
Our show sponsor, as you covered it there, this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code MATERIAL at the checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So make your next move with Squarespace. It'll let you easily create a website for your next idea or app with a unique domain name, award-winning templates and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. That, that's all in there as well. No need to, to Andy your own blog anymore. It's the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades, no no worried about uptime or whatever. They do all that 24-7 customer support. Um, like I said, they let you quickly and easily grab your own domain name, you know, flowsamazingapps.com if that's not taken. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off um, all your great ideas. So plans start at just $12 a month. You can start your trial with no credit card at all. Just go to squarespace.com. When you sign up using the offer code material, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And you also show your support for the show, which we love. We thank Squarespace so much for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Well, somebody's going to have to make some money in either app development or web development. Uh, so we, we, we've all been following the big news from yesterday. <laughs> Google oh just gosh. got hit. With a yeah. $2.6 billion in fines from the European Union for violating antitrust laws. And it doesn't look like a fishing expedition. It says, here is specifically what you did. You made sure that whenever someone did a, a search for a product, instead of maybe showing people alternative like shopping comparison sites, you made sure that your own Google Shopping contents were at the top of the page and other contents were buried. And we in the EU, we will define what a Chelsea sausage is and let not let you sell camembert unless it's called camembert and we will also hit you with 2.6 billion dollars in fines for doing stuff like that wow <laughs> biggest biggest fine in in history right yep or whatever in, in the history of yeah in the eu i mean <laughs> the last time like i was thinking about anything antitrust i was thinking about microsoft i know the last yeah. thing was intel in 2009 but i just always think of microsoft and bill gates because i just remember <laughs> that just having so much media uh but now i guess does this mean Google's a new Microsoft? Yeah, I was wondering this. <laughs> right, I was excellent. wondering this exact thing, Flo, because I remember those Microsoft things very well. I think one of them was Internet Explorer. They're like, you have to unbundle this. I'm because like, it was the biggest, I mean, everybody used IE. That was the the browser. We can't unbundle it. It's too hard as part of our operating system. And then magically the EU got involved and it just got unbundled. It was like, oh, well, we figured out how to do it. Don't worry, people. And I looked at that at the time. I wasn't a huge Microsoft fan. I'm like, naughty Microsoft. How, how could you even think you could get away with that? My problem is at the moment I'm so close to the Google ecosystem. I'm like, have Google done something wrong? This definitely does look like they've done something wrong. But when you're that close to it, you're like, oh, but maybe maybe they have a point. Like maybe they don't – I mean they definitely have a monopoly, but maybe they didn't abuse it. And the more you read up into this though, I'm like, they kind of did. They made a shopping service and they like relegated all the other shopping services and their shopping service was number one. And in Europe and, I mean, the rest of the world as well, they, apart from China, I guess, they have a monopoly on search, like 90%. Of all searches, go through Google. That's if that's not a monopoly, I don't Welcome know. Welcome to is. capitalism. I don't know what else to say. This is how you make money, people. Like I'm, yeah. I guess I'm glad the European Union is doing this, sending out this message because it is like it, it's pro-consumer. But I mean, is anybody surprised? I mean, yeah, I mean, how you I'm, make money. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to. I'm glad to see an agency that says that a. It doesn't matter how big your company is, you can't do things that deprive customers and ordinary people of power and choice. I'm definitely in favor of that in principle, but yeah. 
then it is possible. And this, and again, they were very, it was a very, very well chosen indictment of sorts where they're saying, no, no, we're not saying that, gosh, isn't it terrible that everyone uses Google for a search? And gosh, isn't it terrible that almost all the ad, it's like, no, you did this one specific thing. And we're, it's, it's, we're, we didn't just pick $2.6 billion out of a hat. We figured out that this is basically how much money you made because, specifically because of what you did. Uh, Google responds uh, responded uh, with a blog post essentially saying that, yeah, well, you know, so we think that when people <laughs> search for something, they want to find a result. They don't want to find a whole bunch of links that show them where they might find results. So we think we're helping people out. And also, you know what? eBay seems to be doing fine despite what we've been doing since 2008. Amazon.com also seems to be doing pretty darn well. And given that our service helps independent businesses find customers, we also don't think that we were doing a bad thing here. And also, who's to say, you're saying so basically you're saying that the whole anybody who anybody who had a comparison shopping site in the last 10 years that didn't make money was because of how we gamed the search results. We would like to see the math on that. And although uh, they have. I don't think they've announced yet whether they are going to fight it. Uh, they have. They don't have. Their, their options are very <laughs> laid out for them. That uh, if they want to fight it, they still have to come up with that two point six billion dollars. They have to put in an extra escrow account that will uh, uh, will get intro, build interest uh, if they uh, if they turns out they don't have to pay it. Uh, they have ninety billion dollars in cash on hand, so they can write that check without having to move any money between uh, their four hundred one k and their checking account. So that's good news for Google. Uh, but they have ninety days. According to this, to make sure this doesn't ha this doesn't have to put in safeguards to make sure this cannot possibly happen again, and they also risk increasing fines for every t every day in which they do not address this problem. And the other the other part of this is that um, the person the member of the EU who uh, uh, announced all this uh, was a commissioner by the name of Margrethe. I'm sorry, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name. Margrethe Vestager. Vestager. She's uh, she's Danish. Uh, she's a European commissioner for competition. Uh, she joined in 2014, and whereas the commissioner that she replaced, they've been the EU has been working on this for years and years and years. And the commissioner she replaced was of the mind that they three times they came to the table and tried to get go. Well, we would like for you to let's come to an agreement about what you did, how you'd like to correct this, and some negotiated settlement. Uh, she came and said, no, there will be no settlement. They're going to be paying us $2.6 billion. And they're also going to do the math, probably through Google the Google searches math bar, about how to convert that into euros, because that's the weird wampum money that we take. Uh, uh, and <laughs> uh, so there's no negotiation there. Also, she's made it clear that one of the reasons for uh, creating this action is so that there will be now a precedent so they can pursue the other actions they have been trying to pursue Google for. They also want to go after them for Android, uh, making the claims that they they first went public with this in 2015. They have not filed any action whatsoever, but they made it very clear that we have in the EU, we have three, uh, three regulatory problems with Android, one of which being that we're not sure that you're going to you say that you can let everybody build Android for their devices. But 
Are you forcing them to put in Android stock apps? Uh, are you also using the data in such a way that uh, you're getting access to user information and AdSense uh, information that's not available to other people? Uh, there's a third thing about are you allowing people to do knock uh, not knockoffs, but do fork Android? Or are you basically saying that, no, you're not allowed to create, even though we're, quote, giving this away for free, we're not going to allow you to create a version of Android that doesn't really help out Google. Uh, AdSense also is in their crosshairs for obvious reasons. So this can be just the first scalpel pull of a very, very long, like, horror movie like saw where no 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 when we when we push you down the bottom of this well it's just because that's where all the grinding machinery we've set up is and we haven't turned that on yet so get comfortable because you're going to get a lot less comfortable soon google so is this, is this the new apple versus samsung is this what we're going to be watching for the next five years <laughs> so long so long yes well but i mean interested to see what comes of this because i mean it is again it's consumer interest versus company i mean i i understand anyway i think it's going to change some things in the future so this is definitely going to have an effect yeah my problem with the android side of things is like i don't really care about comparison shopping sites if, if i'm being honest if if it's google's or another one yeah. like it but my problem is some of the android stuff that they've done is maybe it's uncompetitive but it's actually some of it's pro-consumer, like the fact that they bundle Google yeah. Play services and the fact that they force yeah. manufacturers to have a particular version of Android. Yeah. Maybe that limits manufacturers' freedom, but actually makes it better for me as the end user and as a developer. Like I don't have to develop for 215 different forks of like Android. It's just They don't understand one. our world though. They don't <laughs> yeah, understand yeah, our world because they're all using Apple iPhones. <laughs> hey man do you know that when you use a free product you are the product man like oh no because i've been in hibernation since 1981 and i've never heard that phrase before thank you apple fan for letting me know that by using a free service they're reading my email how dare they no one reads my email except me and all the people i send it to yeah <laughs> and whatever yeah it's it's <laughs> I mean, again, in principle, I, I really am in favor of. I think that uh, uh, I'm not anti-corporation, but I do believe that that by by nature, corporations are not people. It's such an obvious thing to say. I would have an ethical problem because I am not a psychopath with doing something to my huge advantage if I knew it was going to be to someone else's huge disadvantage. I would. I don't want to cheat anybody. A business does not have that sort of moral center because it's not a person. It shouldn't. It, it, it can't. It shouldn't. It's going to say that here is – we figured out a way that we can make an extra $2.8 million a year. Is it illegal? No. Is it even legally shady? No, it isn't. We are completely allowed to do this. So why, by one by one way of thinking, why would we not simply take this bag of money that's on the table available for us to take? Uh, and I think that the problem, though, that's where government needs to be the advocate for the consumer to say that, yes, it's not technically right now. It's definitely, uh, we think it's unethical and immoral to go after people specifically who have bad credit and try to get their houses away from them by telling them, oh, no, no we'll consolidate all your loans. That's where government has to step in because there is no sense of ethics there. So I, I'm definitely not you know, pro-business uh, in every situation. However, there are some times where, yes, you can say technically this is uh, – it's anti-consumer to have one company have so much power, but – 
if there is going to be a big ad network that's going to be serving ads across the internet, and there is going to be, there is, I I like the idea that Google is running it because I know that they think that this information they've got on me is so valuable, the last thing they would ever do is let anybody else have it. So they protect it. They're not going to sell my personal information to people. They're going to sell access to me, but only they know who I am and where that ad is going. Whereas if there were a hundred different ad agencies, it would be such a total freaking mess it's already a mess i have to you have to run out so many ad blockers to make sure that all of these different ad targeting networks are off your back imagine how bad it was if there if there would be if there wasn't the one de facto standard search i don't i like the fact that if i do a search through google that's the answer i can uh, uh, yet there's there's needs to be a reason for other search engines to exist they can often give you because they have different algorithms they'll give you different results but i don't have to do eight different searches to feel as though i have found the information that i need i don't have to go to alta vista and then ask jeeves and then because <laughs> one and one is really good for shopping another one is really good for facts another one is really good for social media so yeah just right sometimes a monopoly is good for consumers so i hope that i hope that the and all this drive to regulate Google and all of the hurt that they're going to go through in dealing with this now that there is uh, in some way a precedent that's saying that Google is a monopoly that needs to be leashed. I hope that the consumers don't get it in the neck because I think that's, that's a real possibility. Yeah, I, I think, yeah for, <laughs> for sure. I think the other problem is that it, this actually harmed Microsoft like for a very long time. Like the, All this stuff that went on, I feel like, at the end of the day, like it made some of their stuff better. Like they did unbundle IE. That was that was a good thing, but it made some of their stuff so much worse when they went through all this and they had to split things into different divisions and they had to pull stuff out. I mean, as a consumer, I'm like, man, I just wish Windows would get better instead of like doing all this this other sort of stuff that they were forced to do. I hope the same thing doesn't happen to Google because I really believe that if someone invented a search that was 100 times better than Google's, like if there was just something about it, they're like, I go to this search engine, you know, flowsamazingsearchengine.com and I type stuff in there and it, it just does things like a hundred times better than Google. I reckon Google would lose its market share like within a month, like easily. Stuff in the tech industry just like MySpace was there one day, next day like MySpace was was gone. Like suddenly you have Facebook. I don't I don't know that just because they have monopoly on search doesn't mean someone can't do search better. I mean, you'd have to do a lot of work to make it better but if you have some amazing idea and you, you push it out there like... I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like that monopoly would, would last very long if someone made up, you know, an amazing product. Word. <laughs> Wait, you're saying we should I, use I Word 97? Is that, is that where it's at? Switch from Google back to Word. I, 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 I agree that when you've got three nerds talking about this, we're not, <laughs> we're, not we're, we're, we're pretty much on the same page here. I I mean, one, one of you needs I, to disagree I, violently. Come on. Yes. No, I, agree. I wholeheartedly agree with the both of you. Yeah. Very honestly. Yeah, it's just it's just tough. I, I don't like uh, some of the kind of worries me is that one of the things I like about Google specifically is that they are they are nuts. They are really wonderfully nuts. They will pursue an idea because it just seems interesting enough and they're making so much money off of ads mm-hmm. that they can afford to have, tell four engineers that's a really crazy idea. I'm only going to let you work on it for six w- weeks and only to prove that's crazy and unworkable. And if you fail to if you if you accidentally prove that's workable, then your punishment is you get to you have to work on it for another 10 weeks before you prove that's crazy. But now like a lot of these ideas I think are going to have to go through maybe another level of investigation internally saying that, okay, this is a great idea, but, and people would love to have like one messaging service that automatically figures out how to route your message to where it needs to go and automatically makes every single messaging service seem like it's all one service that works together. 
but is the EU going to hit us again for trying to monopolize messaging if we release this? And are, we, are we talking I, about a future where Google has a cohesive messaging strategy? For <laughs> you're right. I'm, you're right. I'm crazy. I lost my head there. Yeah, you, you've gone a bit far, Andy. That, this is like sci-fi now. I know. It's Twilight Zone. <laughs> Imagine a world where Google has one messaging app, just one. That just that, does everything you want it to do. Doesn't change every year. Perfectly. And there's actually people working on it and making it better. You know, each release gets better. And it's just I don't a, care if it's green. It's fine. You can make it green. <laughs> Well, there's, and now, well, now there's also this precedent that now the EU has stated that uh, Google acted unfairly in their uh, in their shopping uh, aggregator thing. So now, if any parent that got talked into like giving their 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 teenager, okay, fine, I okay, instead of sending you to summer camp, you can have the six thousand dollars to develop your incredible shopping app. Dang. that's going to change the world. <laughs> and then he got like he or she like got like three quarters of the way through it and then got bored and then didn't, you know, really released it, but didn't do anything with it. Now they're like, wait a minute, I've released it after 2008. Can I now sue Google saying the reason why Keith and Sheila's super awesome sneaker comparison review site didn't make us all billion dollars was because of Google's damn antitrust, <laughs> anti-competition. Damn it. I've, I will, I will have vengeance. I can see the situation my, in my, my head. Mum and Dad, yes, Wendy. Uh, I just need a million dollars to take Google to court. Sure, go for it. Knock yourself out. Yeah. I hey, don't know. hey, now, America's great. Well, never mind. I'm not gonna Come on, Floyd. You got to finish that sentence. America's great leader started with only a million dollar loan from their father. <laughs> I will not stand by and fear the our beautiful, wonderful, youthful and virile leader. Okay, I can I could I could, I could, I could backslash I could, I, S. Let, let the let, let the record show that I was able to talk about Google having a cohesive messaging strategy, but I could not get to the end of that particular sentence without without something to my brain. I apologize is the first thing that came to my head. I will Ugh. say that there is one thing I hope the EU actually achieves. This is only tangentially related to this story, but they've been pushing for ages for like a universal charging standard. And if they mandate, yeah, that's true. If they mandate USB-C for all phones, no matter what, I'm, I'm completely happy with that. You can do that one EU. I rubber stamp that. I don't care if it's anti-competitive. I don't care if it's anti-business. If every single uh, damn device that I buy from any single store charges with the same damn charger and they all charge each other, that's, that's a world I want to live in. Having come from the whole... Every single like Nokia phone has a different charger. Then we went into the whole world of iPhones have one, Androids have another. Then Androids had like a third one. I'm like, no, just just one charger, one charger for everybody. Let's do this. And the EU has a lot of really good, uh, great protections for consumers with like you know the cosmetics industry and with food. So I guess it's they're coming from a good place. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's again I don't I don't think that they're bad people. I don't think they're trying to take healthcare away from 20 million people. For instance, okay, okay Yeah, so for example. Oh wow, we've got uh, heavy American here now. Heavy American. Have, we're we're pretty we're pretty cocky when we've got like a foreigner on the board saying, "Hi, Russell. Just by the by, do you have a sofa or something in Australia that I could live in for the next seven months in case I there was a, there was a van. I'm not saying I don't think it was necessarily that kind of a van, but it was an odd van, and I thought it was following me. And um, what I'm saying is that I'm at the airport right now. And I could use a lift to your house. Is what I'm 
<laughs> maybe, Andy. Maybe you should take a photo of this van and then maybe Google Photos will suggest you share this photo of a van with me because Andy's like, every photo of a van that I take, I want it to go to Russell because he's got to see the vans that are parked outside my house. Oh, my gosh. You're, That's you're the good, worst good, segue You're a good history, friend, I'm Russell. You, you, you saw that both Flo and I were about to get ourselves in a huge <laughs> trouble because we, had, we, we, just, no. we were at the edge Sorry. of that trip saying, you know what, I think we're just going to jump into this pit. <laughs> but the, there's Russell grabbing our belts and pulling oh, us gosh. back oh. and to, reminding us about how Google Photos has now turned on uh, one of the couple of the features they mentioned during Google I.O., uh, which is uh, suggested sharing and shared libraries. Shared uh, library. And New, it says. Only for phone. some of us. So you so you have it, Russell. So wait, so I can find it in the hamburger menu? Yeah, the Are we famous still calling hamburg- it the hamburger menu. I love that name. I still call it the hamburger menu. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you have it as Sorry well. Sorry for that loud one, but I was just very excited. I, I love it when you open the app and it says new, 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 and you're like, <laughs> hooray. Ooh. Oh, that reminds me, guys. Friday's the last day for your photo books if you went to Google I.O. <laughs> oh, i got to get on that. i, I, I got to say, Andy, I've opened this screen and it's asking me to select a partner. I mean, I'm married, but I can go through this. The, Michelle's in there twice. That, that's a good sign. Uh, Phil, my co-founder's next. That, that probably makes sense. If I was to marry someone else, it'd be him. Next up is my sister, though. That's kind of weird. Followed by my brother, followed by another brother, followed by me. My husband's not on this list, by the way. My father's first. I, I'm in this so... list. I can be my own partner. Are, are you suggesting that you're about to enter into an image a toi? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank I see you. what, yeah, thank okay. You. I'll, thank you. I'll pay thank that. you very I'll much. No, that. thank you. Stay in your seats. Thank you. Thank you. That's too much. Too much. Thank you. I'm scared. What happens when I press this button though? Because my problem is, I don't know. If yeah, I don't want to do it this. with you guys. I need to pay attention. Like, I feel like it's like, are you, do you want to share all photos? Like, do I want to share all of my photos yeah. with my husband? Like, is that. Am I at that point? We haven't even been married a year. So, well, I don't know if you're ready for know, that. Right. As, as someone who's done that for many years, let me tell you, every now and again, a weird thing will happen. Like you'll be out having fun somewhere. Like it's, it's not nothing oh, no. weird. Like no, no, no I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go to a weird place. I promise. I'm not going to no, go to a weird know, place. But you, you might be at a conference, right? And you're at a conference for work. But at night, you might go out and you take a few photos, and they end up in your shared photo library. And then you know your partner who's at home diligently looking after the kids, and we, we do this both ways, so it's not just me going out. But yeah. it's I happen to be the one out, and then you know she might see the photos of you having fun. You like, get FOMO. You get FOMO. <laughs> I'm not having fun for your significant other. Yeah. yeah, I get a little jealous, like when it, when my husband is out with with the dudes, because you know sometimes I don't get to see my ladies as as often. Anyway. <laughs> So I guess Google Photos now is going to create a whole new line of things for therapists to uh, hear from. <laughs> I went to a whole my new checkbox on the, on the, the California like uh, petition for uh, for dis- dissolution of marriage form saying <laughs> checkbox. We we had, we had a shared photo library, and I saw something that made me realize that this is all a lie. It was- hey, that's a really great point, though. Think about that. Like we, our relationships are gonna are really gonna be affected by the way that you know we're using apps between ourselves as human beings. I mean, these, these are becoming integral part of our relationships. I mean, shared photo albums, like shared text messaging threads, for instance, and I, I'm trying not going to make, I'm trying not to make this too much of a digression, but I was watching a TV reality TV last night and somebody left their iMessage account on like a communal iPad. And so all the drama stemmed from that. And that was kind of like the first time I'd seen this sort of mainstream idea of, of, um, like the unified account. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. Just like the idea that there's, there's, you have one account that everything is just going to be given away about you if somebody gets into it. And anyway, that all stemmed from why Google Photos is asking me to share all of my photos with my husband. Oh, well. 
It is. It is weird. And I'm sorry, just, just to backtrack in case people are, don't know what we're talking about. So it's a, this new feature lets you have like literally a shared library, not, hey, here's a special album. But no, now all the photos between you and your yeah. spouse or even you and your your, your team uh, go into a communal pool. And so it's like everybody has taking the same photos uh, and also suggested sharing, which I haven't. It's only been a few hours. So I haven't seen it do anything yet. Supposedly what this is going to be is that it's going to uh, the 10,000 pictures that I've got in my library. It'll realize that, oh, by the way. Uh, that's a really good picture of you and Seth and Jack that you've actually have never shared with either one of them. Do you want them to see it? Because it's a re- we we noticed that both of you seem to be clear eyed and both smiling and the exposure is good. And through through our machine learning, we don't see any vomit on any of you. So perhaps this is one that's worth sharing. Uh, so that's that's what that's all about. What, through, what our a, like, learning. <laughs> through our machine learning. Through our machine learning. Oh, and by the way, here's an image sequence we made of, of of you throwing up in Seth's aquarium. Like, oh, you didn't have to do that, Google Photos. Oh, but Why I'm not? just going to share it on my Instagram because it's pretty damn awesome. Um, I have the problem. Would you I'm, like to monetize this this throw up montage on, on YouTube? I'm, I'm going to outsource my personal problems here. This is this is the future. My problem Ooh, is here I've, we go. I've already hacked this together, right, guys? So I we about two years ago we set up a like a, a joint sort of email account. We're not one of these people that are like we have the same Facebooks and all that sort of stuff. I'm sorry if you do. That's that's not my thing. But so we thought we need a, a central place to put all our photos. So we just created a Gmail account. We're like this is where they're going to go. We both installed that into our Google Photos, and so we. We already have the shared, everything shared photos. But now the problem is this account has all the photos. Like I don't have photos. Michelle doesn't have photos. Like what on earth do we do? How do we combine these back together? Like this is this is just going to turn into the whole like how do we undo this mess? Can either of you solve this for me? Well, intimacy in a relationship <laughs> takes a great many of forms. There is physical intimacy, but there's oh, also <laughs> intellectual intimacy and emotional intimacy. You need to think about where the Digital level of trust imagery. is. Yeah, <laughs> intimacy. <exactly>. Digital <laughs> intimacy. I like that. That's our title. See, I, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, that's a, such a great question because it's not as though there's something that I would like to hypothetically hide from my partner. But at the other at the other at the uh, at the other end of the spectrum, I would not necessarily, no matter how many years I had been married, I wouldn't necessarily let that person have the pin number to my phone, yes. and if they asked for it. Saying that, well, I claim by right of marriage access to if I ever see your phone laying around, I should be able to pick it up and go through it if I want to. And there's just it's it's like at some point I don't a lot of personalities are different. I, I don't understand that that there I am the sort of personality that at some point over the course of the day I need a room that has nothing but me in it and the ability yes. to close that door. Yes. And, yes. and nothing dramatic happens once I'm inside there, but it's like, oh, for the next 10 minutes to one hour, I don't have to talk to anybody. I yes. don't have to listen to anybody talking to me. If I want to look out the, the door and watch myself <laughs> just rub my fingers together and see the hear the noises that my fingernails make against each other, I can do that. And after 10 minutes, I'm good. I'm refreshed. My Whatever chemicals that had to be restored in my brain by having 10 minutes of privacy. And if I spent – if I were with somebody who like, Andy – and why are you in there? What are you doing in there? Can you turn the cam? At least turn the camera on in your phone so I can see what you're doing. I'm like, this was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it, I complete. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from because I too have my. I need to go be alone in like my room or my office, or like in the backyard by myself. Um, but just thinking again, this idea of digital intimacy, like how much. <laughs> of my internet life like how much of yeah. my online life do i need to like share with another person 
Mm, yeah. Indeed. It's my thing. It's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're making me think. Maybe I should start again. Like we should just start a new photo album and then share like because I don't I, I don't want to press the button here on any. Wait, don't you guys share children? Yes, technically we do share children. See, so that shared email address makes sense for that sort of thing. Yeah. It does, but the, my problem yeah. is they, I, I was there and I, I saw the feature, they were saying that any photo of a particular person that you could share just with, like, an, so I could say this person gets the photo of whenever I take a photo of either of my kids, it goes there. Is that live yet? I'm too scared to press this button on air, so I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> is, is that part of it live or is it just like you can share libraries at the moment? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, or right. I, I I have it, but I haven't. I I've been I've been much like you. It's like I could make I could really change my life in a, in a hurry by tapping the wrong name in my contact <laughs> list when I type, because I, I feel like this it's the same reason why I have an entire my main music library is separate. There is an air, actual air and network gap between my music library and my iTunes library because I don't want iTunes to ever say congratulations, we've merged your library with all your other content. And but now I can't unmerge it and figure out where the. Have you ever had the situation where you're scrolling back and you see a photo that you don't immediately remember taking? So, but all these pictures are pictures that I've taken. I don't know what. So, did I have that sandwich? Is what? Why? I think I think it would kind of freak. It wouldn't freak me out, but it'd be like if I had uh, if my main photo library were a shared library. I would be like, oh, that's right. I wanted to, I wanted to Instagram that picture I took like of the of that bike ride. Say. Did I did I look at that? That's a I mean that's a good picture of a chicken, but why did I think it was interesting to take that picture of that chicken? It's like you're gaslighting yourself. <laughs> I've thought that before too. Where where was I overlooking uh, San Francisco from this angle, or like where was I when I was looking at this hill? Why did I think that this bush in particular was so pretty? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. You look through your photos and you're like. This is a terrible photo. I, don't, oh, I took it for a reason. I don't know what the reason was, but I don't know the reason anymore. It's gone. This would make for a great movie, by the way. It really is like that movie Memento where yes. you, you took you took a Polaroid, <laughs> you put it in the pocket, say, no, this is good. I don't know why this guy thought this was so important, but he wanted to make sure that I saw this Polaroid at some point. I think that it. I'm just really looking forward to sort of like the different psychology that this, this is going to create. I just... You, just never mind the features. I mean, yeah, I was super excited about that when I heard that at Google I.O., but I just can't wait to, I don't know. I can't wait to see all of the write-ups that come from, like, how people interact with Google Photos and how it's changed the dynamics of relationships around. This this know. person turned on photo sharing, and you'll never guess what happened next. Yeah. Did, oh, did, yeah. You, hear, did you hear the last episode of Material? Like, these three people were freaking out at the idea of just sharing photos with someone they're married to. My goodness. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a big deal. And I, I, uh, I feel bad I went a little silent there for a second because I actually kind of um, – sorry, guys. I'm a thinker. I kind of went there. <laughs> I was thinking about – I'm really sorry about that. Like, what um, would it mean for my life? It usually life? doesn't happen. But I was just – that's why I'm having a hard time wrapping, like having a you know a full nice sentence about what I'm thinking because I need to think about this a little more. I'm gonna unpack yeah. this tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right, homework for next week's show. We have to turn this on and just see how we use it. Yeah. See. Yeah. See. Yeah, see. See how our relationships are are, are bearing up. <laughs> yeah. To this. Exactly. I haven't even used it yet, so we'll see. <laughs>
I'll report back in a couple weeks. But with the actually, that uh, you know that you know that a lot of this, these conversations have been taking place inside Google for the past year about how to implement something as a feature as simple as this. And maybe there, I could imagine them discussing at length the idea of well, what if we have like a one a twenty four hour shot clock, saying that your pictures are yours and yours alone. They are going to go into the shared library, mm. but they will not go into the library for twenty four hours. So if again, and we're not and we're not even thinking about you know, relationship ending pictures. We're just thinking about, oh, that's that was just something stupid, and I don't even want anybody to. I don't want this to be part of the permanent library. I don't even care if anybody. Or buy a gift for your significant other. Yeah. Yes. And maybe you were taking photos to kind of remember and like put it, you know, in your mind or whatever. File it away. I don't. I don't use a. I. I, I use a secure note app for things like receipts and like things I need to uh, remember for, for for documents. But I. I will often use that for the, the Google Photos for things that are just here is a business card or here is a storefront I want to go back to. And yeah, people. People. Your, your spouse could forensically walk it all the <laughs> way back and saying, "Oh, looks like we're going to Aruba." Like he remember how <laughs> remember how he he was asking about like whether we whether we wanted to go to. to Cape Cod, whether I like going to the beach. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's not Cape Cod, honey. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature is more than nine degrees above freezing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the water. We're going the to Cape, The Cape is lovely, but you, re- you realize that the water comes from Canada. <laughs> if you're, if you, if on the, yeah, if you, you got to make sure you get the right side of, of Cape Cod. That's why I don't go. Want... That's why I don't go in the ocean in Northern California. I'm just, it's not happening here. Sorry. It's too cold. <laughs> Thanks, Alaska. There's still polar expedition bodies washing on shore <laughs> from, from, from the north up there, I think. Wow. And I thought we just had to worry about great white sharks. Turns out Americans have things to worry about in their oceans, You too. also have to worry about kangaroos. I, I heard they're pretty... <laughs> they don't swim, though. Not, not that I've seen, anyway. They don't swim, but they do. I heard they like a good bar fight. <laughs> oh, they love a good punch-up. Indeed. Just don't get into sports. <laughs> you, if... You, if... You 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 think that you think that that was a, a a black and yellow scarf, but it was actually like a blue and yellow scarf. And oh my God, you 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 try to suck up with the wrong sports team, and suddenly it's a Donnybrook that turns into a whole whole, whole Barney. You're speaking from experience, Andy. I I I've been in a lot of rhubarbs that have turned into <laughs> into Donnybrooks, and then when they saw how pathetic I was fighting back, and never turned into a full on Barney, but. That was going to be the potential. In, in my experience, Andy, the problem with Arsenal is they're always just trying to walk it in. <laughs> I only understood half of that, and that was the. I recognize Arsenal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have, have neither of you seen the IT crowd? Please tell me you have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably a good place to, to wrap the show. If if any of our listeners yeah. have not seen the IT crowd, highly recommended. <laughs> Only two seasons, very short. Uh, and it's on Netflix. There you go. So oh. there you go. Now you have no excuse. I don't know why we're doing this, but I, I have another Netflix recommendation. I found out through a friend, Micah Sargent, that there's a hilarious Australian TV show called Utopia. It's all about working in like a government office trying to do things and nothing gets done. Apparently it's been renamed to Dreamland for some reason in the US, but it's on Netflix. Highly recommended as well. You know why we can't talk about utopias here because that's the socialist ideal, Russell. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's communism right there. Communism. <laughs> okay, sorry. You know, communism. Now we're really going. Uh, now I'm really going off the rails. It's like a TV station in the middle of the desert having a TV show called Niagara. It's just it's almost <laughs> cruel. Say, let's let's not think about things we know we'll never have. Oh 
So, yeah, maybe we should wrap because we're having way too much fun, perhaps at the expense <laughs> of our listeners' patience. Uh, Russell, where do people turn to on the internet to get more of the Russell Ivanovich magic experience? Uh, Twitter.com slash RustySelf or new one for today you can go to rustyshelf.org and read a blog that i haven't written to in ages even though everything was simple on there and i press one button and it publishes turns out it's hard to write words andy i'm sure you wouldn't have a clue what that's like no i i am curious about i i would like to i would like to publish like a hardcover anthology this is my kickstarter of nothing but like blog posts that were posted after someone has not posted to the blog in three years because they're almost always awesome like what what's for you don't have to tell me what the content was but what was the trigger that said i've got to blog about this and i just remembered i have a blog i'm, I'm gonna get on that idea first i gotta wait okay. three years again before i post I'm, I'm already like a year in so it's pretty easy to get to the next next tour <laughs> We can we can wait as long as you can. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a whole standoff thing going on. Uh, Flo, where people where can people read you, hear you, see you, etc. Uh, you guys can read me where I write consistently on a consistent basis <laughs> at AndroidCentral.com. <laughs> uh, Russell just raises eyebrow at me. Um, or you can follow me on Twitter and Snapchat at Oh That Flow. And I can I continue to fool them over the Chicago Sun Times. You can read what I write about for pay about technical technology at SunTimes.com. If you can spell my last name, good luck. I was 23 before I was getting it correct. Uh, you can see, you can check out my blog at anotgo.com, my Twitter at anotgo.com, my Instagram at yes you guessed it anotgo.com, and of course my Flickr at Andy I. Anyway, so that's a wrap for this week. Thank you so much for uh, for listening to material this week. Have a great week, and until then, remember. All else is immaterial.